0: So glad you're here. And, uh, we're in part three of White Robes. We're going to go ahead and finish this series today and uh, wrap it up. Uh, it's been a good series. You know, it's an end time series, but, but I, I think it's, it's been good and, and life-giving. And so we're, we're going to dive into week three. And um, man, how about men's breakfast yesterday? Come on, let's celebrate that. Wasn't that good? Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, it was real good, man. Wow, I think our next one is going to be in September. And so um, it grew this time. And, and so we're praying that we're going to break a certain number at our next men's breakfast. But thank you all for coming out. And, and um, it was it was a great time. And so um, let's go ahead and pray. And then we're going to get to the, to the Word of God. And uh, it's going to be great. So, Father, we just thank you once again for uh, just an opportunity to, to worship you, God, um, in safety without persecution. And so may we just lean in and 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 receive what it is you have for us today father i ask that you get me out of the way and and use me in jesus name amen amen Amen. Amen. so you know once again white robes is a end times uh series and and what i want to encourage you if you're taking notes is go ahead and write this down right now as we currently um stand right now we are in the last days the last days, which is, not, which is not a bad thing. It's actually good news. Because um, a lot of people will ask, given everything that's going on in the world, you know, like, is God coming back soon? Uh, is the apocalypse upon us? Like, what in the world is going on? And so to clarify it biblically, we're in the last days, but we're also in the year of the Lord's favor. Um, and so essentially right now, um, we, don't, we don't have to be judged um, for our sins or condemned because Christ has, has shed his blood and, and he's provided a way back to the Father. And all it takes is faith. And, and that's what you call the favor of God. God is giving that gift of salvation freely. And so we We're in the year of the Lord's favor, but also we're in the last days. Now, if you're taking notes, the last day is actually when Christ returns. That's going to be the the last day. And um, even Jesus said he doesn't know when. He doesn't know when. No one knows when. He even said if someone comes along and say, I am the Christ or, you know, Jesus is out in a desert. We ought to, you know, get a camera crew out there to see him, a news crew. He says, don't believe it. That's not me. Um, because when I come back, everyone's going to know. And so um, what I want to do uh, today is I want to I kind of revisit week one. We're going to walk back through these eight major end times events, because on, on one end, you have the super like um, scary uh, Christians who live in the book of Revelation, and they just scare you. Like we're in the plague is here, and, and this is here, and this is happening. And and duck and dodge, and, and God's going to get you, you know. And so that's, that's never fruitful. Um, <laughs> and then you got the other crew who's like, you never touch Revelations ever. Like, you're between Genesis and Jesus, and you're good there. Like, Adam and Eve and the gospel. And, you don't. You, you know, what we want to do is we want to bring you into the middle, okay? I think it's a healthy place to be is, is balanced in, in the middle. And so what I want to do is I want to give you a framework for the end times, And I'm going to allow you and the Holy Spirit to work out whatever God is doing. God can reveal it to you in your own personal journey and walk with the Lord. But I want to give you the framework. And so we're going to deal with eight major events for the first 10 minutes about the end time. So y'all ready for this? All right, let's revisit it. Number one is the rapture. Someone say rapture. Rapture. So you won't find this... uh, phrase or this, sorry, this term in the Bible, but you're going to find the concept of rapture. And the word simply means to be caught up, to be caught up. And so the Bible teaches, uh, Paul actually gives us some details. He says in First Thessalonians, I think it's around chapter 4 or 5, um, and we're going to provide some reference verses because I want you to go home and pray and read over these things. But he says that a, a trumpet is going to sound and the entire world is going to hear it. It's gonna be like whoa. You've ever you ever heard like that uh, that sound when when like NASA goes up into the sky. If, if you're from Florida, you'll, you'll hear it. Like it's, it goes up and it's scary. Like it's like, and it's like oh my gosh, Jesus is coming back. But you're gonna. That's a good thing for us. Why are we getting scared? <laughs> um, and so you're, you're gonna hear a trumpet. And, and what Christ is gonna do is so what we what we see is the first heaven, the blue sky. The second heaven, what the Bible calls is the vault or space. The third heaven is where the Spirit of God resides, which is beyond space. And so Christ is going gonna, is gonna to descend, Christ himself, and he's going to hang in the first heaven, the sky. He's going to just stay there. And Paul teaches that the dead in Christ will rise first. So if you have a grandma, auntie, and aunt, uncle, brother, sister who believed in Jesus, they're going to rise first. And then those who are alive are going to rise to meet him in the sky to enter into the third heaven to be with him. Now, that's the rapture. Someone say rapture. Rapture. All right. To not be confused with the second coming. Okay. We'll get to that about five events down the timeline. All right. What's going to follow the rapture is what's called the judgment seat of Christ. Now, this is a judgment for believers. And, And this is an award ceremony. Um, So to kind of reconcile uh, the word judgment, judgment is not always a bad thing. So you're going to stand before God and anything you did for Christ, anything you did by faith, God is going to give you an award. Anything you did not do for Christ, God is going to burn up. And he's going to say, that didn't matter, but here's your award for this. Now, we don't know what these awards look like, um, but it's going to be an amazing thing now at the end of the judgment seat of christ you're going to receive what is called a white robe someone say white robe. White. White, robe. white robe white robe hashtag name of the series um so the white robe represents purity and so um the reason this is important is because we are, we all as humans um the bible says we've all fallen short of god's glorious standard so god is holy god is perfect god is righteous all the time but we are all sinful we're all sinners. We were born sinners. If, if you don't believe that, you will when you have kids one day. Um, don't, don't touch that. Sit down. Put the candy back. OK, there. It is. And we're all sinners. you know We're born with it. It's innate. Um, and so the, the issue with that is is that we carry the stain of sin all of our lives. But when you come to Christ, Um, His blood was shed. Something has to die in order for sin to be forgiven. His blood was shed and his blood, though it's red, it washes us as white as snow. It cleanses our sins away. And so when you get to heaven, God is going to give you a white robe. You remember um, Adam and Eve in the garden. They committed the first sin. What is the first thing they tried to do? Hide themselves, cover up. By what? Works. Works. So so they put it together. They worked it. They Lord, I opened the door for old people. I gave a million dollars to poor people. I did this. I promise, Lord, like I'm righteous. I promise I'm a good person. And the only thing God is looking for really is the blood of Christ. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so he's going to remove it's, its redemption, right? The beginning of time sin to the end of time. He puts the white robe right and so, um, and y'all y'all, Gucci and Louis Vuitton, that ain't nothing to God. That's nothing. This white robe doesn't even have seams. Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Hey, that's, that's cheap stuff to God. God's going to give you something good. So it's going to be amazing. And so when you get dressed, the next part is you're going to go to the wedding banquet of the lamb. Uh, the lamb slain for the sins of the world. It's going to be the greatest Wedding ever. And it's going to be awesome. Now, while that's happening in heaven, we are going to enter what's called the tribulation here upon the earth. Someone say tribulation. tribulation. And this word means trials. Um, and what's going to happen is is God is going to remove his, his spirit. This is the way I see it. Some, some theologians say, and I'm not a theologian by any means, but they say that God is going to pour out his wrath. I actually don't think that's the case until. Later on in the timeline, I believe God is going to remove his spirit because even now God is protecting unbelievers. He's the Bible says that God reigns on the just and the unjust. And so what makes us just is what Jesus did for us. And you accepting that forgiveness. What makes you unjust is you not accepting that. But he still blesses you. He still protects you. He still loves you. He's still working. What God is going to do is he's going to remove his spirit from the earth. And evil is going to have a full green light to do whatever. So you can think of the most evil thing in your mind right now. And you can turn that up by like 10. The first three and a half years, it's going to be so bad upon the earth that 33%, the Bible teaches 33% of the world will die. And then the Antichrist, someone say Antichrist, Antichrist, who is Antichrist. So if Christ loves you, the Antichrist hates you. The Antichrist is going to rise to power as a man of peace. And he's going to try to make everyone happy. Everything is going to be equal. Everything is going to be a go. Blah, 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 blah. But it's the great deception. And um, he's going to pull all these nations together because there's been so much death and so much hurt and so much pain. And then the last three and a half years is going to enter the great tribulation where... You can turn that from a 10 to about a 100. And then he's going to go into the church, into the synagogues, and not just be a one world government leader, but then he's going to deem himself as God. See, it starts with laws and politics and legislation. Then the goal is to really enter into the place of worship, to break that down, to separate that, to cause havoc in that. And now I'm going to be God. And it's then where he messes up. Because if you read the heavenly account about Satan, Satan got kicked out of heaven, Ezekiel and Isaiah, when he says, and I will be like the most high. And Satan's just sloppy. He, he's, he's stupid, so he's going to try to do it again. And this is when Jesus, someone say Jesus. Jesus. This is when the second coming. Pull that up for us. Is it the second coming? Yes. The second coming of Christ. And the world is going to see him, the Bible says, land. This time he's not hanging in the sky. He has business to take care of. He's going to land on the Mount of Olives. Someone say Mount of Olives. Olives. And uh, olives were pressed on this particular place in order for the oil to be released. The oil in the scripture represents the Holy Spirit. So you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. When Christ went to heaven, he released the Holy Spirit into the church. Before he went to the cross, he was being crushed by the weight of the sins of the world. You've read the story where when Christ was in the Mount of Olives praying to God, Lord, I pray that you would take this cup away from me. He was experiencing hemohydrosis where he was, where where blood was was coming through the pores. His sweat was tinged with blood because he was being crushed by the sins of the world. So he's going to land on the Mount of Olives where Satan thought he beat him. The Bible says he's going to bind the Antichrist and throw him into hell, the lake of fire. And then he's going to take Satan and throw him into the the dark abyss. And this is going to usher in, thank God, the 1,000 years, what's called the millennial reign of Christ, where for 1,000 years we're going to reign with the Lord. There's going to be some peace, it's going to be awesome. Then after 1,000 years, for whatever reason, you can ask Jesus when you get to heaven, Satan is going to be released only to be defeated again and thrown into hell forever with his demons. And then that's going to usher in what we call the great white throne judgment. Where every soul that's ever lived will be judged. And those on the right side, y'all okay? Okay. Those on the right side will be ushered into heaven Those on the left side will go into the lake of fire, which is hell forever and ever. And the sad part about the lake of fire is that God never created it for humans. So God doesn't send humans to hell. He's provided a way out and his name is Christ. Now, with all that being said, and it's kind of crazy because I love numbers. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And uh, seven is the number of completion. And then eight is what's called the new heaven and new earth, which the number eight is the number of new beginnings. Um, but the question now becomes is what do we do in the meantime? Right. Especially as followers. So I want to encourage you with two thoughts as we as we wait on him to come back and, and to take us home. Y'all ready to go? Yes. The, the first the first thing I want to encourage you to do is number one is to Be faithful. Be faithful. Someone say faithful. faithful. Be faithful. Now, what really matters is what Christ said about what, it, what we are to do before he comes back. So Christ actually had a lot to say about the end times and, and when he comes back. And oftentimes, he would tell a story. He would preach with illustrations and analogies and stories. So it was customary in Christ's day for weddings to be arranged, right? I don't know if many of y'all would sign up for that right now in an arranged marriage, but... Um, marriages were arranged. And so the groom would take a season to go and prepare a place for his bride to be right. Um, he would probably add a room onto his parents' house or he would build his own house for a season and, um, then come back and and get his, his bride. Y'all know the famous verse where where Jesus says, um, I go to prepare a place for you. Right. So, so, so think of it this way. Like, while we're waiting on him to come back, he's building a place for you in heaven. So that's, he's currently working in heaven, building you a place. That's why I love that part of the song, Ogechi, when it talks about the mansions uh, and all that stuff. It's it's a beautiful part, right? And so it's it's biblical. It's true. It's what's going on in the spiritual realm in heaven for you. Now, he's going to tell this story about uh, 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 how that's happened. And there are going to be five wise virgins and five unwise virgins, okay? Because back then when you were waiting on the groom to come and get you, you had to have the lamp burning in the nighttime. And, and when the groom came back, if your lamp was burning, if, 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 if that light was on, you were telling the groom that I'm waiting on you. I'm staying pure. I'm staying holy. I'm, I'm keeping myself faithful. I'm, I'm keeping myself right for you. Wow to come and get me, right? You're keeping your soul right. You're, I'm, I'm hoping y'all catching this. I'm, 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 I, but you get what I'm saying? I'm keeping myself right for you upon your return. And so what they needed was the oil. Someone say oil. oil. And the oil represents the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm ready. And so this story is funny that Jesus is going to tell because we're just going to jump to the end. But so a sound is going to come. Oh, the bride, the, the groom is coming. The groom is coming. And five of the wise virgins, they're ready. They, they got their oil. They're ready to go. The other five, they're trying to borrow some oil. Someone say, you can't borrow my faith. Yeah. Borrow my
1: faith.
0: Someone say, you need your own relationship come on. with Jesus. Amen. So I, I get how mom and daddy raised you in the church. Yeah. When he come back, that ain't going to work. Yeah. You, 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 need your, you need your own relationship with Christ. And, and so these women are going to be like, girl, my man coming. I don't know what you're talking about. You need to. Jesus was funny. Like, like you, you need to go on back to the marketplace, get some oil, but I doubt we go be here. Like, we, you know what I mean? And so, th- this is the story, all right? What did the Lord say about it? Verse 10, Matthew 25. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. And the door was locked. Mm -hmm. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. Mm -hmm. So you must, so you too must keep watch. Someone say "Keep keep watch. For you do not know the day or hour of my return. So my encouragement is to be faithful. Like, like and and I'm I, personally, I'm, I'm glad you're here. But 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 my heart is God's heart. More importantly, is that uh, that you won't play church because because uh, honestly, this is the way I see it. I think some people are going to be gathered in the building. But I, I don't know if the building protects us. No. Wow! Um, like the rapture could happen right now, right. and 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 this thing start busting up. <laughs> so good. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Right. I know. I, I, I know. I know we don't get preaching like this these days. You know, we want. I'm gonna make it. My bills gonna get paid. I go, If you just give your life to God, there's going to come a day where you don't have to worry about bills or or sickness. What's my purpose? It won't matter when you get to heaven. I want to encourage you with this. Be faithful. Write this down. Faithfulness is this. Write down this definition. To remain loyal to God despite our circumstances. whether good or bad, you love God. You're loyal to him. I remember. <laughs> Talk about loyalty. I remember, y'all. There was a day I was so broke that uh, I would put money in my pockets, and the holes would be so big. You go to. You ever had them, them you know, the, the pocket hole seasons, you know what I mean? Like, whatever happened. I uh, I talked to my mom about proposing to to my wife, and you know she it was good to go, good to go. Got mom's blessing, got dad's blessing. Let's do this. And uh, I asked my best friend to meet me at the mall because I only had <laughs> the nine o'clock had a good time with this one. I only had a hundred dollars <laughs> to my name. Y'all are like what kind of ring is this? <laughs> Don't laugh too much now. <laughs> I had $100 to my name, and I uh, asked my best friend, I said, bro, this ring is like 108 I need 40 bucks for taxes, and I need 20 to keep in my pocket. I'm getting paid Friday. I promise I'll hit you back. Yeah. And uh, he met me, Altamont Springs Mall, right off 436. And uh, we, went, we walked in. I said, it's that one right there. And in his mercy and in his love for his friend, he said, that's nice. That's a nice (laughs) one. I said, well, you got the money? And he said, yeah, I got you. That ring was 120 bucks. It was a cubic zirconia. And uh, I proposed to her later that evening. And uh, you couldn't tell. I mean, she cried like it was $20,000. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Come on, put your hands together. But, um, you know, it's, I'm a shy person, so I'm like, yeah. Uh. Anyway, um, so, yeah, like, loyalty, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know? Loyalty. Like, our marriage was never built on things. It was always built on what does Christ want from us? Um, God wants us to quit a job, to go part-time, to move to Maryland, right. to, to take people in, to support people, to support this cause. It's a, it's a faithfulness to God because material things, don't, I don't even know what that ring is. Like it's, you know, we're on to the next one, you know what I mean? So it's, it doesn't even matter. It, it's built on faithfulness. To, to, to God. And, and so I really want to, you need to write this down. Have I been faithful to God? Write that question down. Wow. Am I building my life on Christ? Write that down. Are, are you going to be faithful when there are no friends? Because as you get serious about your relationship with God, your friend roster will, will deplete. And I just, I don't want you to be surprised by that. But but I know this, that God will never take you from a group without already having a group prepared for you to to walk forward. When when the finances are low, are you faithful to God? Are you faithful? When our house was burning down a month ago, the the neighbor came out and, uh, you know, fast forward a, a week or two later we, we were at our home just kind of looking at it and processing things and she came out and she said I did not know that you were a pastor because um, she, she found out that we her highlight and she had been looking for a church a couple years ago and found our church but they found another church home she said I didn't know you, you were a pastor she said that explains to me why when your house was burning down you weren't tripping at all I was telling my my, impl- my uh, co-workers, like guys, this man's house is burned down. He's just standing there, like, chill. You know, initially it was crazy, but I had to zone it in. Like and I was honest with her. I said, no, I was dying on the inside. But but you know, when you lose it all, are you are you faithful? Um, The second thing is be fruitful. Someone say fruitful. 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 Christ tells another story about um, a master who had uh, all these possessions, all this land, and and he gave resource to three servants, five talents of silver, two talents, and one talent. And, And Christ says that the master left for an unspecified time. And, um, and then eventually one day he came back unannounced because back in this day, no cell phone, no email, like I'm just coming on in. And so um, the guy who had the five talents and he gave it, here it is, according to their ability. Someone say ability. So this speaks on potential and being fruitful, right? And, he, and, and so the guy with the five said, oh, master, I've given you five more. I worked it and here, here are five more. He said, great. And, and he goes to the one who gave, he gave two talents, and he says, well, I, I brought two more. He says, great. Then he goes to the one with one, and he says, what did you do with it? And he was like, he, we'll read it here in a second. Like, I knew you were a harsh man, so I buried it. Like, I buried my potential. I buried it. And we don't like to read this part. Because we kind of start right there as ministers, when we're trying to, like, really encourage the church. But... Last two verses say that he said, take it away from the man that I gave one, give it to the one that, that had the five and doubled up and then take this one and throw him in the fire. Anyone want Jesus to be a pastor? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he used to go in, man. You know what I mean? And so let's read Matthew 25. Y'all okay? I'm just teaching today. I'm letting the Bible teach itself. 21 through 23, he says this. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. Someone say small. small. Don't be hating on my cubit sconia. And so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's go. Let's celebrate together. Now, this is why you need to serve in the local church that Christ is building right now. Because in Revelation, it teaches that when you do receive your white robe and when there is a new heaven, new earth, that we will be priests and servants of God. So when you're serving in the local church, it's actually preparation for what you're going to be doing in heaven. So so like these ushers, these amazing. Let's give it up for our usher team, guys. Like they're awesome. Amazing. We love you guys. Kids, team, greeters, everyone. So, like, you might not be an usher in heaven. I don't know what you're gonna be. Jesus go be a pastor. Now, when you get there, it's gonna be like you're gonna be ushering, but you're gonna be opening the pearly gates for people. And you're gonna have on your white robe and you're gonna look good and you're gonna have on your shoes. And you go, come on in, hurry up, cause God has a white robe for you. So, like when you serve in the church, it's preparing you for your service in heaven. And so he said, I'm gonna give you many more responsibilities and then says this here verse 22 the servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said master you gave me two bags to invest and I've earned two more the master said well done my good and faithful servant you have been faithful in handling this small someone say small. small small amount so now we'll give you many more responsibilities let's celebrate be fruitful write this down if you're taking notes to be fruitful here it is is to grow what God has put in me and on me you're going to want to be fruitful. I was telling the men at Men's Breakfast, if you're really following Christ, we shouldn't recognize you by this time next year. There, there should be something better about you. We all go through trials. I, I totally get it. I I get it. I'm with you. But, but there, there should be something about you that we just... Man, you, you look different. You're more mature. You, you, you look good. So, so in me, someone say in me. in me. And so these are the gifts and, and the talents and, and the abilities that God has put on the inside of you. There are things that you can do that other people can't. Some of you were singing during praise and worship. And then you had a neighbor or two next to you singing. And it's clearly evident that you have the gift come on, this is funny. And they don't. That, that's an ability. There are things that you do better that God has given you that he's put on the inside of you, and, and he's just backed on out. There are things that some of y'all love, I don't want anything to do with. Like, like I am not an outside guy. Like, these cicadas, oh my goodness. Anyway. Uh. My wife told me the other day we gotta start doing yard work on date day. I'm like, no, I don't like outside. <laughs> let's go to a bookstore, have some coffee. I'm good to go. Let's let's chill. I'll pay for that. What, what did God put in you as well? The, someone say the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. God is in you. I want to encourage you cultivate that relationship. dive into that oil, the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Galatians 5. This is what Jesus is looking for right now. Galatians 5. And this is what you call the fruit, the results of of growing in the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5. And it says this here. Galatians 5, the fruit of the Holy Spirit says this here, verse 22. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. When we're talking about fruit, we're talking about outcomes, right? Produces these results, these outcomes. Here it is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. There is no limit to what you can do, to where you can go. When you you cultivate your soul, not not what you have, not what what you possess, but what's in you. He's saying there's no limitation on what you can do for God when you allow the Holy Spirit to work these things out. And and he wants to do it. The Holy Spirit is a person, but he's a gentleman. He can only do what you allow him to do. And and how many of us know, like currently right now, social media doesn't allow this. The news does not feed into this. But 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 I want to encourage you with this. When you're going through a tough time, that's the perfect season for you to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to work these things in you. What you need now more than anything is not a thousand dollars. Come on, come on. Let me come home with it, because I've been kind of over, you know. But let me let me bring it on down to you. You don't need a thousand dollars right now. You don't need a vacation right now. What you need, and I love James, Brother James. Someone say Brother James. Brother James. Next Sunday. Next Sunday. It's coming. What you need more than ever is for the Holy Spirit to do his work in you wow. yeah. in this season. You, you need some patience. Yeah. Wow. You, you can't get angry. You, when you get angry, you get limited. Yeah. Yeah. That, that limits you. When you when you're nasty and bitter, that limits you. Right. And I don't know about you, but I don't I don't want him to come back and my house ain't right, right, right. Right. and clean. I want him to look at me and say, Man, you you really did a good job with that season. I was proud of you. You pastored, you fathered, you were displaced, but you allowed patience and and goodness and kindness to still have it. You love people even when you were displaced from your home. Come on, come on, my girl. Let them have his way. Be fruit. Someone say fruitful. fruitful. What God has placed in you. I, I encourage you, like, uh, uh, supplement your gifts with, here it is, formal education. Don't worry about how you're going to pay for it. Like, b- build it up. Go for your master's. Go for your PhD. Keep dreaming. God has put, the world needs you. God has put something in you. And someone say on me. And so what he's put on me, my marriage, your children, your career, your schooling. I believe this thought here is if you're a Christian, when you're done with it, it should be better. I think it should be better. I don't think it should be better. I think because you're a Christian, it should be the best. We are the standard. We're the standard. Master, um um uh you gave me 5. Here's 5 more. Master, you gave me 2. Here's 2 more. Master, you gave me 1. Can I borrow one? Of- um I buried it. As a Christian, you have the power to be the best right. and to be the standard. If you're a secretary, be the best. If you're a nurse, be the best. If you're a surgeon, be the best. That's good. If you're a cop, be the best. If you're a supervisor, love people well, put your best foot forward, fight for your employees. Honor your employers. Be the best. Be, someone say that, be the, best. be the best. If you're a Christian, your call is to be the best. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Grow it. Make it better. Be the best. God gave me eight adults and two kids and, and $15,000. I said, I'm going to grow it. I'm going to grow it. I'm going to grow it. I don't know how, but I know all I have is my character. My char- I love what King said. I, I, he said, I have a dream that one day they'll be judged by the content of their character, not their skin color. Right. See, see, you think the excuse is you're black or you're poor or you're Hispanic or you're white. and yeah, None of that's an excuse. Right. When you have the Holy Spirit in you, There's nothing that you can't do. Be the best. Be the best. Be the best. Be the best. best. Why do you think you like Chick-fil-A so much? It's Christian. It's Christian. It's that my pleasure and that sauce. Let's go to Colossians 3. Y'all all right? All right. All right. Colossians 3, I love what Paul said here. He, he says this here. <laughs> this is a life verse if you want to be the best. Here it is. Work willingly. Someone say willingly. willingly. At whatever. Someone say whatever. whatever. You do. As though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Right. Yeah. Verse 24. Remember. Someone say remember. Remember. That the Lord will give you an inheritance yeah. Yeah. as your reward. And the master, capital M, you are serving is Christ. So for my ushers, for my greeters, for those of you who are employed at different companies, you're not serving your pastor. You're not serving your supervisor. You're, not, you're serving Christ. And, and, and he, has, he has your reward. Come on, Jason, and, and close me out. This is my encouragement. Please, guys, don't leave one ounce of potential. In this world. I, I, I want us to be able to stand before God and, and say. I, I did everything you put on the inside of me. If you're a businessman entrepreneur woman. Grow that business for the glory of God. If you're good with finances. Get as rich as you can possibly get. For the glory of God. Glorify him. Glorify him. Paul said this to finish us off. Here it is. He said this. He says, uh, he was talking to Timothy because he was about to die. The greatest preacher, pastor, apostle to ever live. He said this. He was in prison. He was about to, about to pass away. 2 Timothy 4, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Someone say finished. finished. Yeah. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all. Someone say all. He's talking about us 2,000 years later. To all who have longed for his appearing. Isn't that a perspective shift? How about it? When you go through things, you don't just see it as a fight, but you see it as a good fight. And then he said, I kept going. I finished the race. I didn't give up on on the Lord. I didn't give up on church. I didn't give up on faith. But, But I leaned into my community. I leaned into the Lord, and I kept running. I had to stop. I had to pause. I had to rest. But I kept going. Then he said, I kept the faith. I held on to Jesus. I kept myself for the Lord. I kept my body. I kept my mind. I was faithful to my spouse. When I wasn't married, I wasn't sleeping around. I kept myself. I kept my mind right. I kept my heart pure. I kept the alcohol out. I kept the smoke out. I kept it out. And you, you can be free. You, you can be, Christ can free you and, and there's support for that. But once you get free, I want to encourage you, stay free. Stay free. He said, I kept my faith. Now there is in store. He knew something about heaven. There's in store. Here it is. I want to give you this. There is a vault in heaven with your name on it. Now there is in store for me. You see that? the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. Not only to me, but also to all who have longed. Oh my God, I can't wait to see him for his appearing. Now, I, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever saw the movie Paul, the Apostle of Christ, and if you have, great, watch it again. I was, um, I think it was last week, I was, uh, I replayed that final scene, and I'm sorry to burst your bubble because I don't like going to the movies with people who spoil it either but I got to for the sakes of this illustration analogy um, I repeated it like seven times and so Paul is in prison and he's just received his death sentence and the physician Luke is with him Luke wrote the book of Acts he wrote the gospel according to Luke and um, Luke was with him and so they're carrying Paul off to be beheaded under Nero the emperor And uh, Luke kneels down and he hugs him. And Paul, they're taking Paul to the stone because Paul historically was beheaded. They're taking him to his, his stone. And he's shaking the hands of the Roman guards, hugging them and celebrating. Because while he's in prison, he's preaching about Christ. And so families of the Roman guards are being baptized. They're coming to Jesus. It's gotten up to the emperor, which would set the stage for Rome to become a Christian umpire 300 years later. And, and that's why right now Christianity is, is the most powerful faith because of what Paul did from a prison cell. And, and still to this day, we, we come on, we can celebrate that. Come on, Paul. When you get to heaven, give him a high five. But they they take him over to the stone and the Roman guard, they show you in the movie, he chops his head off. You don't see it, but as soon as the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so as soon as that scene, he wakes up in heaven and it's a glorious scene. He sees kids running to him and people and they hug him and, um, I'm getting chills again. It happened at the nine o'clock. Oh, my God. The Holy Spirit's like, yeah, go in on this. Like, come down, come down. And um, he looks over at the hill. And um, there's a man walking down dressed in all white. And you, you know that that's, that's Jesus coming down the hill to greet Paul to give Paul that hug, to give Paul his crown, to say, welcome home. Let me ask you this. What are you living for? What are you living for in this dying world that's more important than eternity? I want you to finish well. Finish well. God loves you. He sent his son for you. Be faithful. Be the best. So that when you enter into glory, Jesus can say, come on home. Let's celebrate. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you love your children. Oh, Lord, we thank you for the hope of eternity, the promise of heaven. We thank you, Father God, for your son. Mm. Help us to be faithful, Lord, and fruitful. With every head bowed, if if there's anyone in here who does not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity. For my Christians, I want you to begin to pray and intercede. The Holy Spirit is moving and someone's about to give their life to Christ. They're on the threshold. What we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer of salvation and forgiveness. Bible says, if you would believe in your heart and declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you you shall be saved. So I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you would say, Josh, include me in that prayer. I want to give my soul. I want to give my life to God. Just got to whisper it right there and believe it in your heart. Let's pray. Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I receive your forgiveness. Father God, I thank you for raising Jesus from the grave so that I would never have to experience death. Thank you for the promise of eternal life. I give my life to you today. Lord, I ask for the gift of your spirit. Give me the grace and the strength to be faithful and fruitful i am yours in jesus name amen come on church let's celebrate that day